The Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand podcast series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Welcome to the Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand podcast. This series is accompanied with a webinar as well as a white paper. The series covers relevant topics about how you can multiply yourself as a rainmaker in your financial services practice. You can learn how to take advantage of efficiencies, how to bring on associate advisors, create new profitable revenue streams, and to utilize thought leadership within the financial services industry. In short, this is how to help grow your business and to multiply yourself and your revenue. Today's topic is multiplying your results with the three C's of delegation. And our goal with this is to really help advisors understand how to multiply their results using the best practices surrounding two specific types of delegation. So I'm your host, Mary Stirk. I'm the Senior Vice President of Coaching and a partner at Clarity to Prosperity. And I also own Stirk Financial Services, which is a large financial services firm in the Midwest. With me today as our special guest, we have Gina Pellegrini. And Gina is a partner, mentor, and coach with Clarity to Prosperity, and also owns Pellegrini Team Consulting. Gina has 40 years of experience in the financial industry and specializes in teamwork, scheduling techniques, and hiring. So welcome, Gina. We're thrilled to have you today. Thanks. Happy to be here. Okay. So when we talk about effective delegation, I think we have to start with the why of it. In order for us to decide we want to become great delegators, we need to understand what's our motivation for that. So Gina, why does effective delegation, in fact, multiply results? Well, first, it will free up everyone's time to focus on the right things at the right time. And it also improves teamwork, collaboration, communication, and therefore things are going to get done way faster. And I think those are things that all advisors want. We all want to be able to get more done, get things done faster. But it, for most people, it's important to improve that team communication and to collaborate in the best way possible to take care of our clients. So really three C's that have to happen for the process of delegation to work. When we talk about those three C's, they are confidence, competence, and continuity. So here's what I mean by that is with the three C's, you as the advisor have to have confidence that you can let go of something that's been delegated And you're only going to have that if you believe your team members have competence and there's going to be continuity in how that task is now being handled. The competence part of that is your team member has to be fully trained and really know how to actually do something. And the continuity piece means that there is a written process. It's step by step. The tasks are prioritized correctly. And then things are embedded into a team member's workflow going forward. The tricky part is that there's really two specific styles of delegation though. So Gina, share with us a little bit about what those two types are and how they differ from each other. So one is delegating a repetitive process with multiple steps 
and the other is delegating day-to-day tasks. So with the repetitive process, it's something that one or three people can follow day-to-day and they know exactly what to do. And then the other is how things are going to be delegated day-to-day. Gotcha. So let's dive into the repetitive process first. Now, one thing I want to share with those of you listening to this podcast is that we actually have built out some great tools that will help guide you through this process. And you can download them right from the site. But I want to talk a little bit about the process itself of how something that is multi-step delegation actually works. So if it's a repetitive process that has more than one step. In a nutshell, this is how it should work. You as the delegator are going to show your team member how to accomplish a task, and they need to take notes on what the specific steps are that need to be completed. The second time you complete the task then, that team member will complete it following their notes while you're watching them actually do it. And you can help them adjust their notes so that they're completely accurate and they're encompassing everything that needs to happen. The third step is then that the team member is going to start completing that task on their own by following the notes, but they are going to come in and show you how they accomplished it and what the finished work product is. That's how you as the delegator are going to build the confidence that they know what they're doing, meaning that they're competent. The next piece then is that the team member is going to finalize those notes and save them to some type of agreed upon location. It's now become a process that they or anybody else can pick up and work from. Then the team member needs to add any timely follow-ups into your system, whether it's your CRM system or a follow-up system, to make sure that if it's a repetitive process that needs to be done at a certain time, that they're prompted to do it. That's the big continuity piece. Once you know that that's embedded into the follow-up system in some format, you as the advisor can let go of it and know that it's embedded into somebody's workflow. So the continuity is going to be there that you're looking for. So that's how you can go from confidence to creating competence to creating continuity is by specifically following along in that order. And like I said, we have a guide spelling all this out that you can actually download right from our site. So Gina, when we think about the actual multi-step delegation process, can you just take us through kind of a short example of what something like that might look like? Yes, let's use dictation follow-up as an example. Uh, And there might be three or four steps related to it. But first, we need to be clear about the objective. And usually it's to ensure all dictation activities and notes are handled appropriately because, again, this is after follow for follow-up. And then it's usually going to be the advisor that is delegating to their delegatee would be their executive assistant, their right-arm person. And okay. then in this example, there might be, let's say that there's four steps. When dictation is received, um, it's saved to a master list. They can transfer any actions um, to the assistance to-do list. That would be the second step. The third would be the notes get entered into the CRM system. And then fourth, any follow-ups for the client file uh, are assigned to the right people so that they get done. 
And this can, this step-by-step process can be used for not only the dictation follow-up process, but it's also a great training tool. So if I came into your office and my role was to do the follow-up from dictation, here's my step-by-steps as to how to do it. Yeah, and with the, with the way that Gina just explained that, you can see what I'm talking about when I say the first time you as the advisor are going to sit down and show them how to actually do all these things, and they'll be taking notes on it. The second time, they can sh- do it in front of you and show you how they're doing it, so you're literally watching them complete these steps, and you're going to know that they actually can do it. And then from there, they'll do it enough times until you no longer feel you need to review it, and you're going to have built the confidence by then that they're accurately handling this task. So one of the key things when they're writing their notes, and and Gina, I I would think this is very important, is they need to write the steps out in such a way that anybody could pick up that page and actually follow those instructions. Right. It's more of a checklist than it is paragraphs because then someone's not going to read it. Right. Okay, so anytime that we as advisors start trying something new, even if we know that it's going to be good for us, we usually have some objections (laughs) to actually changing. So what would you say are some of the most common objections that advisors have to actually adopting this type of delegation process? Well, I think first and foremost, um, they look at it as it takes time, and therefore, if it takes too much time, they could do it themselves. Uh, Sometimes they get really nervous that delegating um, things are going to fall through the cracks and or they're just too busy and they don't want to take the time to create a process. However, if we create processes, they become repeatable and repeatable is doable. And I think that's huge, especially if it's doable by somebody else in your office. I know that any time that I can create something that I can have another team member own, it just frees me up to focus on the right things that are going to help my organization grow. Okay, so that kind of wraps up what we wanted to cover on the multi-step delegation process, but now let's move on to delegating day-to-day tasks. So day-to-day tasks are things that just come up in the course of the regular day that need to get done, and generally speaking, there's something your team members already know how to do. The the problem is that most advisors, and and myself, I've definitely been guilty of this, will delegate in several forms. So we might delegate through email. We might do it through a mobile dictation service. We might shout out verbal instructions across the office to somebody. We might do it in a phone call or we'll walk by and throw something on their desk with like notes written on a sticky note. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I can tell you Delegating in several formats that like creates a system of uh, people being very unproductive because things are coming at them from all kinds of different crazy directions. Right. So delegation is an excellent method for consistent workflow, and it's going to eliminate interruptions that can create internal frustration. When the staff is in the middle of something and they get interrupted, it really takes them off point. And especially if somebody is walking up and giving them them something to do, it feels like drop everything and get this done. So if they lose their direction or focus, things like things can fall through the track, uh, things can fall through the cracks, and or mistakes can happen. So, so the I real thought, thing here is. 
I'm sorry, the real thing that we really want to communicate is that for day-to-day -day delegations, you're going to get the most out of your team if you actually delegate in one consistent format instead of a lot of them. And the most effective one is actually the mobile dictation type of service. Correct. So when you think of a dictation type of service, um, <laughs> assistant as our example, I like to think of that dictation device as Velcro in my hand. And anytime something needs to be delegated, it can be done 24-7. And this is going to help the advisors clear their mind, get things out of their head, most importantly, get the wheels in motion as quickly as possible. And they can delegate anything. More importantly, the staff is going to feel that they can work independently and be much more productive with less interruptions throughout the day. And obviously, they're going to accomplish so much more. And sure. because everything can be delegated in one form, things just keep on moving. <laughs> yeah, it makes it a much more smoothly operating workflow. So if you can move to delegating in one format, the second piece of best practices with this is to have your team members actually move to working with one to-do list that is flowing directly from your delegation method. So to keep tasks organized, then your team really should be working with this one to-do list and it's likely to have headers on it like client services, scheduling, things like that. You know, we really have to start recognizing that our team's time is as important and is as effective as ours is. So if they have one to-do list, that's gonna help them prioritize their time in the day, be spending, the, be focusing them on the right activities, their productivity really is going to go through the rough. Correct. Um, to keep their tasks organized on that one to do list is going to make a huge impact because most of them have five different places where they keep their to-dos and or even more. It could be in the CRM, Outlook, sticky notes, email, files on the desk, calendar, and even a spiral-bound notebook. Yet with one to-do list, they will have everything in one place and as new things come in, they could add it in. So going back to the headers that you were just referring to, is if one of my headers is client service and a client calls in and says they need XYZ, I put it in there and I can go back to whatever it is I was working on. Because again, we're trying to work on the right things at the right time. So from an example standpoint, one of the nice things is those of you listening to the podcast can actually download an example of a to-do list, a centralized to-do list, right off of our site. So feel free to do that when you're done listening to the podcast. I, I think another um, benefit of having a centralized to-do list like this is if your team member actually would be out sick or if they no longer work for you all of a sudden, you have one place that you can go to see what was on their desk so that things don't slip through the cracks. Correct. And it's such an easy process, especially with creating headers that are applicable to that person's day-to-day -day responsibilities. And again, even if an email comes in, instead of leaving it in the email, which is with several others, they cut and paste, 
as to what it pertains to. And then whenever they're going to be working in that clump of time, they've got everything in one place. Now, another key component of delegation is you as the advisor being aware of what has been completed and, and you checking in with your assistant to say, is this done or is that done or where are we at with this? It just adds lots of interruptions to their day. So Correct. that's something that we think you necessarily want or need to know everything they've done. But for most advisors, there's some key things that you do want to be in the loop on. So what we recommend is that your assistant then start sending you what we call a daily wrap-up email that is going to appraise you of the status of things that they actually accomplished. So Gina, take us through a little bit of what that daily wrap-up email might include. So the daily wrap-up email is another key component of delegation, and it's going to keep the advisor in the know of the core things that they want to be in the know of. This does not mean that they have to know every little detail of things that are completed throughout the day. However, there are core things like scheduled appointments or new business submitted and or prep. And as the right arm assistant, I will say, and let's say that you're my advisor, Mary, at the or throughout the day, what I'm going to do is keep track of these core things that I know you want to be in the know of so you can check them off in your head. That means you're not going to interrupt me asking if it's done and you're not going to wake up in the middle of the night wondering if it's done. Uh -huh. And as I'm going through my day, when I complete something, let's say I put it in the CRM, but I might also cut and paste and put it on this wrap up email because again, it's things that you want to be in the know of. I would assume that most advisors like knowing when appointments are scheduled and again, new business, things prepared for their appointments. And some of them might even want to know core clients that called in in the day for service things and not only know what they called in for, but it was done. The key thing about the wrap-up email is not a lot of data or paragraphs. It's bullet form. And it's almost as though when we are talking about headers for the one to-do list, the same is going to be applicable for the wrap-up email. Sure. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I know what I've completed. You know what's done. So basically on the to-do list, they would just take it off of there and transfer it to the daily wrap-up email and it's cleaning up their to-do list because it's off of their plate and it just lets you know that they're done. Yes, if that's what you want to be aware of, absolutely. Otherwise, it just comes off their to-do list. Gotcha, okay. So when you as an advisor start introducing new things to your team, sometimes your team is going to have objections to that. So share with us a little bit about how an advisor can introduce this to their team to overcome any of the objections that they might actually have about now having to add this to their plate, keeping a to-do list in one spot and doing a daily wrap-up email. Well, the to-do list, I believe that most feel that's going to be harder than it really is. But once they take all of the to-dos that they have from various places and put it in that to-do list with headers and maintain it, it's going to save at least an hour to an hour and a half a day. And that way, their life is going to be much easier. And if 
things are delegated in one form, like mobile assistant, there's less interruptions. And therefore, things don't fall through the cracks. The wrap-up email is going to keep the advisor in the know of what they've completed so they don't have those interruptions coming in as well. And then it's a great opportunity for the team member to shine and communicate how much they've actually accomplished in the day. And therefore, everybody feels like we're getting it done. <laughs> I can see how that directly ties into the team collaboration and having a much higher level of communication within the organization. Right. Okay, so let's go over a couple of do's and don'ts. So when you're thinking about your delegation, do make a commitment to delegate in one format. Do keep your processes up to date. Do use a template or a cheat sheet to keep you on track while you're delegating. And do give parameters to your team on how much time you want them to spend if they're researching something. If you're clear on how much time you want somebody to allocate, it's gonna keep them um, kind of in line with your expectations. Sometimes your team thinks you may want perfection and really what you might just want is a quick answer. So if you're clear about how much time you want someone to spend researching something, then that's going to keep your teamwork moving and your productivity higher as well. Right. So Gina, share- we don't want, yeah, I was just gonna say, what we don't wanna do is expect people to read your mind. Um, we don't wanna delegate last minute because that creates frustrations and mistakes. We don't want to delegate in various forms. As we just talked about, we lose sight of what the priority is. And we don't want to underestimate how much time something takes to complete. We might think it takes five minutes and we keep throwing more at them. And it could take 20 minutes to a half hour. Bottom line, the key thing is that it gets done. And gets done accurately. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay, so to kind of tie this all together, we've gone through a multi-step delegation process. We've talked about how to effectively do day-to-day -day delegations by using one communication and delegation method, having your team create a centralized to-do list, and then sending you the daily wrap-up email. So with all of those things moving together, it really can multiply your results when you adopt these. Doing it this way is definitely going to give you as the advisor the confidence that you can let go of things. You're going to be ensured that your team members have the competence to actually handle things. And you're going to be very sure that there's continuity in place, that your processes are solid, the tasks are prioritized, and that things are embedded into the team members' workflow in exactly the way that you want them to. So I think that that kind of shares with you what those three C's of delegation are. And ultimately, there's a number of benefits that come from that. Yes, yeah, some of those benefits are uh, your team productivity is going to go up. They're going to definitely feel way more empowered. Your confidence as the advisor is going to rise. And it will free you up to focus on the next level of thinking for the business. So. Gina, I want to just thank you so much for being with us today. Your insight is invaluable, and I think that all of these things are going to help advisors move forward faster. 
So for those of you who are listening to this podcast, don't forget there is a webinar that we go through and show examples of these different things we've been talking about. We also have all of these assets to help you grow available at claritytoprosperity.com slash rainmaker-documents-e2. So you can download the guide for the multi-step delegation process. You can download a template for that. There's to-do list examples, the daily wrap-up examples. So everything at your fingertips to help you effectively integrate the three C's of delegation into your practice. Thanks for listening to the Rainmaker On Demand. The Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand podcast series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com.